Ooh, welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our value customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff and Apollo 11. Solid thrust moving on. You're approaching the stratosphere. Over. Bjorn, uh, bro. Bjorn, bro. We are leaving the atmosphere in three, two, one. And we're back with another oh. episode. God, so happy to be out of that atmosphere. Oh, that was very good. We made it to the proper one here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful Bjorn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Lest we forget, um, we moved last episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new, brand spanking new, which is a really weird phrase if you really think about it, yeah. Of Zach and, episode of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I am Griffin. I am Zach, and as per usual, we are back with another cavalcade of creatures for you and your consideration. Yes. We will be returning, as is our uh, predilection. Uh, we'll be firing up the portal nexus that exists in our backyard, and we'll be diving through headfirst, headlong, ass over tea kettle, which, again, strange idiom, but right into the depths of the Ninth World, the worlds of Numenera. Once again. And to find just some real buck wild shit. Oh man, there's so buck wild out there, everybody. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. You excited? I'm excited. You? Excited? I'm pretty excited. Fantastic. I like the ninth world. There, we always we always find something that gets very metaphysical and or existential. That is the best way to describe that. Yeah. Or stuff that just makes us go. Ugh. Yeah. Well, uh, before we do that, I do want to. Give a shout-out to something very special that happened. (laughs) You see, last episode we did um, a a selection of, as we described them, shitty Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Um, Ones that we just thought just were not up to snuff. They're just shitty. They're just real shitty. Um, Dear friend of the show, our fantastic friend, uh, 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 Nate, uh, uh, decided to... Do a Pokemon run um, using <laughs> just the creatures from that episode. It's so good. <laughs> so our dear friend Nate ha- think... has a party of, oh goodness, Slowpoke, it's... Magmar, uh, Diglett, uh, Diglett, and Execute. And, execute. and um, I think he, I, I think he's playing like Leaf Green on an emulator and hacked it so he could start with a Magby. Oh man, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And I think the from what I remember on the conversation on our Discord, which you can access if you uh, subscribe to us on patreon.com slash ghostlight media. Yeah, definitely. That's uh like the goal the end goal is that um like obviously you can't beat like I mean it'd be it'd be very difficult to beat the game before you can even access some of these Pokemon. Um but I think the end goal is like the criteria is he has to beat the Elite Four with only those four Pokemon in his team. I'm here for it. Now, I'm, so I'm assuming that, that, like, evolved forms are fine. I was I was just about to question that. I wonder, or if it has to be a thing where you have to cancel the evolution. You have to cancel the evolution. Because, like, we've talked about how Slowbro is fine, but Slowpoke is the shitty one. I, th- I think that has to, that that's the rule. All right, Nate, you're, <laughs> we're imposing a new rule on you right now. They cannot evolve they past cannot those forms. They cannot evolve. <laughs> so good luck. 
We're sorry. Um, <laughs> also, before we start start the the episode proper, uh, we have a uh, everyone's favorite returning s- opening bit segment. Boo doo boo bow bow do boo da boo. Pet news. Pet news. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think I've pulled this one before. This one comes to us from Paw Culture. I love the headline culture. reads: Saint Bernard breaks record for world's longest dog tongue. All right, and I'm gonna send you this link real quick, Zach, so oh, that you can do. see this. Um, you guys can find this on Paw Culture under the weird pet news tag and for fun. This is this is a Saint Bernard oh named my Mochi. God, Mochi. He was given the world's longest to- uh, the title, longest tongue on a dog by the Guinness World Records, uh, with an incredible tongue measuring seven point three one inches, which maybe doesn't sound that long, but if you could see Mochi oh, right now, Mochi. Uh, he's an eight-year-old rescue I am in South on Dakota. This video. Oh my God, it's so long. <laughs> Uh, apparently, oh, excuse me, her tongue uh, has some impressive powers, according to this article. It comes shooting out of her mouth like silly string. Mo is known to eat quickly and, thanks to her tongue, can sometimes fling food up to two to four feet across a room. <laughs> Mochi's owner says that they have to keep her food wide, uh, food and water bowl, foot wide, excuse me, foot wide food and water bowls in a tall feeder with a drip pan and an easy, clean, easy to clean room to avoid a daily mess. They also have to give her treats in a particular manner. She cannot grab onto them the same way that other dogs do. She also runs into the issue occasionally of picking up dirt and debris when she drools or lets her tongue hang out. But all of this is no mind to the family who adore their record-breaking dog, calling her a resilient, happy-go-lucky dog with a big personality. Yo, that tongue is wild. It's so fucking funny. (laughs) Just go shooting out of there. I'm gonna watch a little bit of this video, too. Oh, it's very good. (laughs) It's like a cartoon frog. No, for real, though. It's like a cartoon frog shooting a tongue out to catch a fly. But it's from a big dog Man, that's mouth. The, that's the craziest mlem that's ever happened. Oh, it's the it's the mlem heard around the world. There we go. <laughs> oh, what great pet news! Yeah, I was I was pretty happy when I found that. Yeah. Oh goodness. That just that just broke my brain. So uh, yeah, look up if you search for the uh, dog with the world's longest tongue. I'm sure you'll be able to find Mochi the Saint Bernard, and uh, yeah, she's hilarious and fluffy and awesome. Oh, thank you, Mochi. And that concludes about a pet news. Pet news. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It's like a well, it's like a little bit of smooth jazz anytime yeah. we we do the riff. Something who like needs who needs like you know music making skills when we can just make it with our mouths? Yep. That being said, if you want to make a jingle for pet news, uh, contact us petshopcast.com. Yeah, or at, at petshopcast on Twitter. Either way. So ninth world. Yes. Let us let us do this. Let us delve into where worlds have been birthed and and dwindled uh, time and time again for mm-hmm. centuries. For millennia, for eons, eons. For, would you? It would. What's bigger than an eon? Time. I don't fucking know. <laughs> All right. So yeah, to, to those unfamiliar with the ninth world, this is the world of Numenera, a a uh, tabletop RPG set uh, with the cipher system. It's Buck Wild. If you want to hear more, listen to Imprinted Echoes on Ghostlight Media. Otherwise, uh, I mean, basically, all you need to know is that everything here is fucked. Yes. All right. Our first critter on the docket today is something we have that's uh, maybe actually okay. This I'm is surprised. An, it's an avatrol. The avatrol, it's maybe like horse-sized, maybe like donkey-sized. Yeah. Based on the little size comparison maybe. Uh, box there. It's like a small camel. Yeah, it's it's... Kind of a like, kind of like aquamarine color along the body, and it gets kind of darker blue, kind of purplish along the head. It's got 
I never know where to start with these. Like, do I start at the head? Do I start at the weirdest part? Yeah, start with the weirdest part. Okay, so it's head. Um, it's kind of like torpedo shaped. Mm-hmm. Has like two kind of like set in eyes. Has this like ridge kind of running under the eyes. Two tusks that kind of curl down, and then it looks like some other like pokey stabum bits for like teeth. Yeah, you got a big flared nostrils. Some good stabum bits. The most troubling thing is the just hole that is just in its dome piece. Hey, Griff. Yeah? The Avatrol needs your shit like it needs a hole in the head. (laughs) What did I do? (laughs) Nothing. You never heard like that. You know, like, I need need your guff like I need a hole in the head. I've never heard that. Oh, idiom. Yeah, it was no. like an it was it's like an old saying. But it's God. funny because this thing's got a fucking <laughs> hole in its head. Because this thing actually has a hole in its head. It's just like you know, it's not a wound. It's just kind of there. It's like a convenient carrying handle for your avatrol. Yeah, if I was an avatrol, I'd just like clip a big carabiner on there. You know, in case I need to like stick my keys, mm-hmm. <laughs> some snacks. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, it has like the shape of a. Its body is 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 kind of. It's quadrupedal. It's kind of equine in body shape. It has a big. It's not like a camel hump. It's more like a big ridge. Yeah. Like like, it's like it's like you know to my in, to my mind you know the camel hump kind of sits on top of the torso a little bit. Yeah. This thing's like the hump is the entire torso. Well, because, like, you can kind of see, like, it, like I'm assuming, like, there's a, the more, like, the ridge part of it, but, like, you can see where, like, the shoulder blades end sort of poking up there. That's true. So, like, it's that's got true. sort of like a, oh, goodness, what's the what's the, the dinosaur that's just got, like, the big frilled spine kind of thing? Oh, you know it's I got, don't know dinosaurs. It's kind of got that, but just, like, it's, it's kind of furry. Yeah, it's got some fuzz. It kind of has, like, a broad tail that looks kind of like a fin. Yeah. And then the long legs kind of end in these two long toes. They're like ostrich feet or something. A little bit. Uh, but this is the Avatrol. There's a little testimonial at the top here in, in the uh, Ninth World Creatuary. I heard if you look through the Avatrol's skull hole, you Oof. see the future. I don't know if I want to know my future that badly. I also don't like the phrase skull hole. <laughs> the, this is, it gets better, though. The Avatrol is a belligerent, spiteful creature that most people in the beyond have learned to give a wide berth to. Omnivores who travel in packs, Avatrols spend most of their time digging up tubers and roots. They supplement their diet with meat, usually small mammals or reptiles, but they are not averse to larger prey if it is available, particularly if the Avatrol pack is sizable. Avatrols are reptilian quadrupeds with claws on their forelimbs and massive curled tusks. Uh, they prefer warm or temperate climates, and they can uh, live in packs of 5 to 10. They're pretty durable as far as things go. They have some natural armor. They're pretty quick on their weird two-toed legs. In combat, they use nasty, charging pounces. The most interesting thing, however, about them is that they are immune to most dangerous energies. Blasts of force, concentrated light, and focused heat reflect off the hide of an Avatrol back in the direction it came from. This isn't true of more specific or exotic energies like magnetic waves, high-frequency sonics, and so on, or of ambient damages. Uh, yeah. So it can just sort of... It's got a... It's got some... It's made of mirrors. It's, oh, it's made of mirrors. It, it, it is the epitome of I am rubber, you're glue. Yeah. I will... I will send your concentrated light beams right back at you yeah avatrols have animal level intelligence they are very mean-spirited creatures yet some people can still attempt to domesticate them using them to pull wagons carts and chariots uh keeping them under control is difficult but not impossible the frilled ridges on their backs do keep them from being used as mounts that's fair i wouldn't want to sit on that mm-hmm. that's that's something and i think i've used this term before so it is you know, science is just about repetition, so this is a scientific term. Riding one of these would be a real ball buster. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, yeah. That was pretty. I'm just like, th- I'm just think about it. Yeah. 
Uh, a team of six. So uh, the the creature likes to give us examples of how like these creatures can appear in the world, and so here's a couple of those things. A team of sixteen avatrols pull a, a war wagon of Lord Golgar of the isolated city state of Strelsh on the plains of Kataru. The wagon carries a huge array of weapons, including a massive device that can alter the weather in the area and call down directed lightning from storm clouds. Nine trained beastmasters use long black rods filled with super cold liquid at their tips to maintain control of the animals. A very skilled craftsperson can uh, turn avatral hide into beast skin armor that also reflects concentrated light force and heat beams. Well, that's cool. So that's avatrals. That's avatrals. They're pretty nifty. Yeah, they're... they're, um, Strange, mean, camel boars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, Griffin. Yeah. So if you were to look through an Avatrol's skull hole, what would you want to see in your future? What would I want to see? What would you want to see? Um, I would want to see me hanging out with Mochi. Oh, Mochi. And just getting, and just getting like, the best dog kisses of all you know, time. You, you, you would get, like, you know how, like... When mimics like shoot a pseudopod out and smack you, it would try yeah. to like give you like licks, but it would just like <laughs> it'd be like someone smacking you across the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if Mochi had a stat block, that tongue, like a tongue smack, would be like a pseudopod. Would be yeah, like a pseudopod attack would be <laughs> on the stat block, <laughs> and it's just it's just her tongue. Yeah. What what, what about you? What would you? Say I to the skull would. Head? Want to, mm-hmm. like maybe take up like being an apiarist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I just and yeah, it's, I, it's, I have so it's much the fun. reality of the situation is that it's it's your destiny is bees. It is. I, I've been oh. putting it off. You know, I've been hiding from my future, <laughs> and, <laughs> and my future is bees. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks to the the or the uh, oracular powers of the Avatrol and looking through their skull hole I now know. You see bees. I see bees. <laughs> my my future is bees. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I think we gotta end the segment there, because that's a really good place to end it. My future is bees. Up next. This comes from the Ninth World Creatuary 2. Two. This is the Navarak, which is a very good name. That's a pretty good name. Frankly. Navarak sounds like a like a dragon. Like yeah. like cuz dragons always have those like you can just you just know a dragon name when you hear it and you're like, like oh, "I am the I, fell dragon Navarak. Navarak." And you're like, "Oh man, I'm going to have to raise an army just to take this bitch down." God damn it, Navarak. Navarax up to his antics. <laughs> All right, so Navarax are like winged reptiles, like a dragon. Mm-hmm. Granted, body uh, uh, the underbelly is sort of a light gray scale. Uh, as you get to the the top, most of the body is a the more of a, it transitions to a darker gray scale. Its wings and tail. Um, first off, the tail's got sort of like I'm assuming two like fr- like uh, 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 like frills. That sort mm-hmm. of stem off it. Yeah. Um, but both the wings and the tail have sort of orange, black, and white coloration on them. It's pretty cool. They remind me of, like, butterflies or, like, kind of. moths. Yeah, like the wings like are Like the are patterns, not the wings yeah. themselves. Yeah, they're just decorative. Yeah. The weirdest used thing to, is the head. to intimidate prey. The head is strange. Okay. Because the head, look, you know, it, it's got that sort of classic, like, like reptilian, you know, like the set mm-hmm. of eyes almost, like, near the back of the mouth. Kind of crocodilian. Crocodilian. But its head looks like if you took that top thing, you mm-hmm. copied it, and then you flipped it over, yeah. and stuck them together. Because <laughs> it's got one set of eyes at the bottom, you know, back of like the top jaw, but it's also got a set at the back of the bottom jaw. It's like you could flip its, you could turn its head 180, and it would be the same head. I wonder if it's got like a crazy neck. Where like if it needs to look backwards, it just like oh. can like tilt its head back and like you can I see. wonder. Anyway, well, let's read, shall we? Yeah, yeah. These things, these things resemble maybe like 
actually have a resemblance to a creature we all know and love, and they look they look like weird wyverns. They do look like weird wyverns, yeah. Because they've got the back legs, but not like the four the yeah, forelimbs. Where, where the forelimbs are the wings. Yeah. And but yeah, yeah, let's read. These guys are crazy. Uh, Navarex, like humans, can be found both on Earth and on a distant stellar object called the Swarm Star, a brilliant red-orange star surrounded by massive creatures that obscure its light. Yeah, I know I dunk on sci-fi a lot, but sci-fi can be kind of cool. You get you get shit like the Swarm Star. The Swarm Star. Navarax kill and eat prey of all kinds, but seem to almost, oh, this was a bad choice, <laughs> seem to have an almost irrational hatred for humans. <laughs> Although these flying reptiles are not intelligent, they possess a sort of cunning that makes them terrifying hunters. They are awkward when not in the air, but that occasion happens rarely. <laughs> so, they hey, possess a sort of cunning to be able to identify and murk humans specifically. Yeah, we are. I'm going to market this to non-humans. I think the most. Yeah, good um, call. Um, I'll, I'll call. I'll call Winston down in marketing. Put a yeah. Sure put a disclaimer on the graphics. Yeah, yeah, some disclaimers. Um, Navarax attack with a vicious bite. Yeah, they've got sort of like at the edge of their mouths, like on the top jaw, two real big teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of like have a triangular part, and then on the bottom yeah. they've got one big spike that sort of fits between. Each. Yeah, there's like you know how like sharks, like UTP sharks, have you know like rows of teeth. Yeah, this one does too, but like as the teeth go further back, they get smaller but more numerous. Yes, it's like at the very front you got the big three, big three fangs, and then it's like oh well, here's like five smaller medium-sized fangs and then you get like just the teeth the teeth anyway uh they also use elements of the environment against their foes on earth this means knocking foes off ledges grabbing foes and dropping them from a height and swooping down to grab them again after they hit the ground oh Navarax knock foes weapons from their hands or snatch them and drop them off a cliff. They use loops of vines, synth, or other salvaged flexible material to lash or entangle foes up to short range. On Swarm Star, they do the same, but with torn loops of mantle filament. So they have the wherewithal to use their environment to, like, make a noose (laughs) as they fly by and drag you off a cliff. Yeah, they're intense. That's fucked up. Usually when they are uh, they feel like they're you know, close to death, they'll f- try to fly away. If one or two fly away, the whole group probably follows, only to come back again and again with harassing tactics to eventually wear their enemies down. Bastards. Yeah. They don't speak or have human-level intelligence, but they are more intelligent than what most people would expect from animals. Yeah. A non-human might be able to have a very simplistic, non-linguistic interaction with a Navarak, but the creature hates humans too much to do anything but kill. <laughs> what did humans do to Navaraks? I don't know. To start this beef? A, pa- a small pack of Navaraks has set a number of der- uh, traps. Oh, this is a, a use. Loose yeah. filaments, loop snares, hidden sharp sticks, and so on around a ha- uh, hanging city to catch or kill those who come and go. God. Yeah. Navrak's nest and filament tangles within a nest. An explorer might find a human-made objects of value uh, kept as trophies. Nice. So they keep trophies. So they're big butterfly wyverns. They're big butterfly wyverns. Um, I mean, they're not that or, big. They're they're like where a wyvern would be real big. Like I don't think you could like mount one of these. Like they, they seem like at least body size. Like in the comparison maybe only yeah. a little bigger than like your average human but like with the wingspan with the wingspan much bigger just, just like the, like the, if, yeah the torso <laughs> if this though. thing cornered me i would say it was big oh no it's very big <laughs> um but like it's not like you know like wyvern size where you you could yeah. ride that bitch like you're not gonna ride this thing around yeah so this thing may be friendly or at least not murderous toward some of the more like synthetic based life forms or artificial intelligences in the ninth world. Well, it said non human species. So, like, uh, I got like, would like an elf be able to hang out with a Navarak? Yeah, They're I don't close, know. you know? Like, would a dwarf? That, 
Right, because now we're now we're crossing fictions. Yeah, but I mean that's what, the, that's what this is that. all about, baby. I know. I'm open to that that big big anime bullshit that we do. I don't know, because like, yeah, is it humanoid, quote unquote, or is it just humans? Because I get it. I hate humans too. Well, because I'm pretty. Like, I don't. I don't think like when it comes to Numenera, if there are like multiple races that you can play. I don't How, know. However, however, in D and D, there's many. Yes. Would like you know like a bugbear be able to hang mm-hmm. out with an Avarak? I think so. Or, or like a turtle. Or like a turtle. Mm-hmm. Or like a tabaxi. A centaur. A centaur. I don't know why I said it. Like it that. would only hate the top part. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. Um, it would get confused. It would fly in to to chop your head off and go. Wait, wait, well, no, because the the, the other half is horse, which it was like, oh, I'll just eat horse as well. So. I guess, but maybe, but it would think twice. Yes, it would be confused probably for a moment. Do you think that Navarax, like, are born with these kind of colorful striations across their wings, or do you think that it's like a, like um, like a you know a, a paint by numbers party with your friends where all the Navarax get together and paint on each other's wings i would like to think that it's over like a glass of pinot that that come like at the edge of like come adolescence mm-hmm. they come into their stripes you know do they like grow in do they like do they like like do they like manifest naturally or yeah are they applied? yeah yeah you know like somehow like you know sometimes like when like your hair color kind of will shift as you get older and stuff that's true i was a blonde baby yeah i mean you you, you just kind of a light brown now. You didn't shift too much. I knew someone who you went did, from... You who, haven't seen pictures of me as a child. As a, as as a child, bright, as bright, child. bright blonde? Yeah. I knew someone who, when they were a kid, had red hair and then it turned to black when they got, like, hit puberty. That's wild. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I also have, like, red, like, bits of red, like, in my facial hair. Yeah. my mom's a redhead, so I just cover the gambit. As you, as you go, you know? Um, so yeah, well, I yeah, just really like the idea of these guys holding little paintbrushes in their mouths and, and, and like painting, painting each other. Yeah, I think but, it's a bonding experience. I mean, but Navarex look at like they're pretty straightforward. Like they're just re- real kind of wicked smart uh, hunters and uh, I know. like raptors. They're like flying raptors. Yeah, I'm just building. I'm I'm building the um, the the sympathetic part of them where where like you can. You can latch on to their story, you know? Well, no, I mean, they're like, great. Like, they're super cool. Yeah. Like, if you're not a human, like, go, like, yeah. like, let us know. We can get, you know, set you up with an Avarak because that'll be chill. Yeah. We can't be in the room right. when that happens. You'll have, um, to, you'll have to consult with some of our uh, non human sales folk. Yeah, because we will get torn to apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Well, we do have the safety bubble too that we the, can always roll in. Yeah, we can, we can. But that's I, that, I know that's like a break glass in case of sort of exactly. Situation. So, um, but yeah, let us know. We'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll make arrangements. It'll be good. I want to have one last thing I want to say about Navarro. Okay, just because I can't I can't let this I can't let this go. I'm just picturing like so so pack of Navarax. kind of like a war band like More they're like assigned e- like you guys are going to be a hunting pack together. So like a Nava pack. Uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a Navapak, absolutely. Okay. And they collectively decide like what they want their colors to be. Oh. Like they it's like and this is and that's their banner, that's their mark. Yeah. And then they adorn one another um and are then bound for life. Yeah, one of them they the back they just have tunnel snakes. <laughs> tunnel racks rule. Tunnel racks rule. <laughs> All right, I'm now satisfied. All right, with fantastic. I just had to get that. You know when you just got a bit and you got to finish oh, you just, it. You gotta, you gotta finish it up. I get you. I get you. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean to step on your, uh, your, your flow. I mean, I was just gonna transition us. So, like, I mean, it's fine. I think it's ad time. Yeah. Oh, I do think it is ad time. Why don't we awesome. scoot on into that ad, shall we? Woo! Play. It. Are you looking for work in a calm, relaxing environment? 
Do you have a fondness for artisanal teas and comfort? Do you consider yourself undead? Well, Spirituality would like you to join our family. Spirituality, a second chance employment tea house for the undead, is a place for those having difficulty adjusting to their new sense of unlife. We understand that dying is hard, and readjusting after the fact can be even harder. Employment at Spirituality is a way for those troubled souls and shambling bodies to begin reintegrating into a living society. Spirituality is 100% undead owned and operated. A majority of our tea leaves are locally sourced from graveyards, cemeteries, and small businesses, and the blends are assembled in-house by expert sommeliers. Every cup, dish, pot, and platter is also made with love by the hands of the unliving. Don't have a corporeal form anymore? That's all right. We have a number of service and accounting positions that would benefit from your ghostly presence. We offer fair and competitive wages, but spirituality does not have a comprehensive benefits package because, let's face it, we don't need it anymore. Go to PetShopCast.com to see if there's a spirituality in your area. Come join the family of the unique up-and-coming tea house that Timeless Magazine calls a horrid and inviting place for brunch. Spirituality. No life, no worries. There's a problem. The right engine Come is back. gone. Oh no! It's gone. We're shutting. We're, we're spiraling. Oh, oh beans! That, that's really rough, man. I'm really sorry to hear that. Good luck out there. And we're back from the break. Really? Can you imagine it, if Mission Control is just like, sorry, man. Like, there's nothing. You're screwed. Like, there's nothing we can do. You're, in, you're literally in. You're literally in space. I mean, like. Yeah. Rip. Yeah, no, once the ship takes off, like, like I don't know why, like, Mission Control's even fucking there. Like, it's like, the astronauts, like, they're on their own at that point, like. Someone to talk to. Yeah, I guess. Hey, Mission mission Control, come back. Uh, yep, what can mission, I... Hey, hey, you up? Yeah, yeah, you, you doing okay? What are you wearing? Uh, you know, just a government-sanctioned jumpsuit, and uh, nice, nice. Uh, you know, I I I put a uh, put a button on there. Uh, Ooh, what's what's it say? It's got a it's a it's well, it's a D twenty, and it has a has a has a nat one on it, and it says rat. All right, cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I would like to take a moment before we move forward to shout out uh, a friend of ours who, um, uh, one uh, friend of the show, Michael, who once described uh, going deep in an improv bit as going to the dark place. The dark place, yes. Because when you come out of it, you realize, like, when you end of the bit, you're just like, what the fuck did I just say? What was I doing? Anyway. Oh, I love our Our next friend, uh, you were interested in this one, Zach. Uh, our next friend from the ninth world is called a Rotalian. Hey, look at me. I'm a Rotalian. <laughs> Bastard. I knew it was coming, but I just didn't know when. Uh, what a movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, these things are bad to look at um <laughs> hey griff mm. they's got human feet <laughs> <laughs> yeah it makes uh, you really uncomfortable this thing is a big purple blob with really thick legs oh man they're real beefy uh them human caught legs human feet no arms long tail coming off of the blob like torso um, it's purple. It's kind of, kind of bumpy looking. Yeah. It has what almost looks like 
like a, a veil over its head, but the veil is also covered in spikes. Yep. And then there's this, um, I don't even know how to describe this. Uh, it's it's a part of it that's not purple. It maybe is like kind of like the subdermis. That's just this big red fleshy, almost looks like a brain, kind of. Yeah. And then beneath that little ridge, there's like two rows of eyes. Uh, that is each like six to eight yeah, eyes. Yeah. Uh, this, this bitch got like like twelve eyes. It's really hard to describe. When I said earlier in the episode that shit from the ninth world is fucked, this is what I meant. Yeah. Well, it's he's got the human feet, but he's got like like the bird legs where like it's got yeah. like the like like the knee and then the backwards knee or whatever. Yeah, just legs. It gets I I want to tell you right now, it gets worse. I'm not excited. The Rotalian is an artificially engineered bioconstruct for psychic explorers to tie themselves to. Thus, it has two aspects, one physical and one purely mental. The mental aspect explores the reaches of the extraterrestrial and ultra-terrestrial space, while the physical aspect remains behind so the psychic energy counterpart does not discorporate into the proverbial ether. If the psychic explorer left behind a normal physical shell, it would be vulnerable to danger as well as to time. It might simply starve to death. But with the Rotalian uh, Rotalian physical aspect engineered to serve its role, the mental aspect is free to spend what other creatures would call lifetimes loose in the boundless reaches of the multiverse while the physical does what it must to remain alive. Now let's take a minute and unpack that because frankly, I don't get it. Yeah, here's the existential. So what I'm guessing, what I'm what I'm taking away from this is that there are psychic explorers who can to my mind like astral project. Yes. And when they and so you know, when you astral project, your body is just kind of left to be a body. Yeah. While your well in this case your psychic form is out and about doing what it wants to do. I think what the Retalion does is makes it so that when you astral project, your physical body can still function by, like, tying your will, your your spirit, your soul, to this weird, f- fleshy, psychic grimace. That's, that's a pretty good... Yep. Now, I might be wrong in that, because I'm not a Ninth World Scholar... We could we could call in our ninth world professional Zan, but uh, I'm 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 just gonna go with this for now. Um, the Retalian, at least one that most people see, is a squat, four foot tall creature with two limbs and a massive pulsating sensory apparatus surrounded by a wreath of smaller sensory organs and seemingly little else. These things are a strange combination of eyes, ears, and olfactory apparati. They can project destructive rays that rend matter into paste. <laughs> cool. If it is organic paste, the Retalion can then feed on it through its skin. It otherwise does not need to breathe, drink, or sleep. So I think maybe this thing can then project a, a, an... A, I'm going to keep the metaphor an astral form as well. Or maybe this... I don't know. We'll just we'll just leave it on the description that I gave earlier. I'm just going to say leave it to science. And, and, yeah. and there we go. I'm not a Ninth World Scholar. I'm not smart enough to understand this reality. Always on the hunt for food, particularly protein-rich flesh to supplement its diet of plant matter, the Retalion attacks almost any creature it finds, except for others of its kind. It can fire up to six rays of energy at long range from its eyes in a single action. Matter struck turns into paste, so treat physical armor uh, as if it offered half as much protection. Retalians have a decent sense of self-preservation, but sometimes they become overzealous in their quest for food. Although the mental aspect of a Retalian is tied to a powerfully intelligent consciousness, the physical aspect is little more than a walking id, interested in nothing but eating and staying alive. It does not communicate in any real way. The player characters are on their way through the wilderness when they come across a swath of destruction, a path devoid of any plant life. At the end of this path, two Rotilians have been liquefying trees and shrubs and grasses into food. 
and now they would love to turn their deadly gaze on more protein-rich food sources. I think I figured it out, Griffin. Okay, please tell me. So, I think that whatever these psychic, like, explorer people... Yeah. I think they have instead, like, like, have ditched their normal body in, in favor of these things... Oh, because like if you know they go off and explore with their little psychic form forever, then their body would just sit there and die, oh. and then there then they would just be left to the ether, like with no way of coming back. However, this thing can go off on its own and, and keep itself alive, whilst its its mental form right. voyages through through the cosmos. So, like, when this thing eats, is it sustaining the physical form no. of the explorer? No, I think they just ditch the physical form. They like oh, they, and they just like drop their consciousness into this. So thing? Se- yeah, essentially, instead of the, the body they were born with, they they switch to this thing. So when they bail, oh. when they bail out, this thing goes around and feeds itself while their consciousness is elsewhere. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. I, but I, th- I, I think I, think I cracked the code because I was interested. I, I, I think that seems sound because yes. it, it says yeah, it's like whatever it, the 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 mental aspect explores the psychic exercise or whatever, and the physical aspect would remain behind so yep. that it's uh, yeah does not discorporate. Uh, if the psychic explorer left behind a normal physical shell, it would be vulnerable to danger as well as time. Bada bada bada. But with the retaliation physical aspect engineered to serve its role, the mental aspect is free to do that while this thing goes around. So I think they've just ditched their old body. Said fuck it, I don't need this thing. I spend more time in my weird psychic state anyway. Yeah. I'm here for that. That's awful. And it's, it's it's awful and gross. And do, do they, like, mulch themselves? Like, Well, it says it's artificially engineered, so maybe it's like a process that you undergo. Maybe. It's like a splicing of oh, your Oh, that's form. why it's got human feet. I've cracked the code, Griffin. You cracked the code. I'm so proud of they you. They just warp their body into this grotesque husk. I mean, I think it makes sense that if you tear what is essentially a soul and a consciousness from a physical form, that the physical form would undergo some changes. Yeah. A la this, but I guess the feet are what stay. Yeah, it's like, what if this... Okay, it's like, look, we can only change so much. What can we stand to keep, I guess? Mm-hmm. Eh, it's like, it's like we, don't need, we don't need arms, we have eye lasers. We don't need a mouth, we have skin absorption. We're gonna need the tail for balance, probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gots to walk. We gots to walk. Eh, we'll just keep the feet. Just keep the feet. Are the legs going to be normal? No. No, jack the legs. Yeah, well, to to save space, too, we're going to disintegrate them. Just, you know. Mm -hmm. In case you need to get some mad hops. Yeah, just just, just in case. Just take the leg slider and send it all the way up. No, further. Just a little bit. A little more. There we go. As many veins as possible. Cool. Mm -hmm, Get mm -hmm. rid of any body fat. Wonderful. Bring up, like, yeah, really dial up the vascularity. Give it, give it like a weird sort of bumpy gray matter texture, though. You know, just for kicks. Also, make its knees look like a kissy face, because his knees just look like a pair of lips. I don't see it. I guess it's just I, me. I'm, I, I am, don't... in some regards, Griffin, a crazy person. So, <laughs> I mean, we're all mad here in the ninth world. We're all mad here. Um. But, yo, this but yeah, is this gross. the Retalion is really one of those things we picked just to talk about. I don't know if I can necessarily re- recommend one of these as a pet. Hey, if you're psionic and you can astral project and want to make sure your body stays alive, let us know. We'll see if we and can like, talk to people. But we can set you up. Like we know a guy. There's a, there's a, we 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 know a, a dope ass bioengineer in the ninth world. Like they're really good at their job. But, like, we don't want to necessarily reach out if we don't have to. Because I don't want to see those legs in person. Mm-hmm. I think I'll vom. Yeah. So, um, these things are buck wild, and I don't want to talk about them anymore. All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay. A- an unceremonious end to these horrible grimace blobs. 
All right. Oh, damn. You know what? I referenced Grimace already. Can I make two Grimace jokes? Is that okay? No, go for it. Make another one. I mean, I, I did just now. Oh, I missed it. I'm sorry. That's okay. But it's okay that I made a second one. Yeah, no, it's fine. Grimace, like, okay. th- like that, that was, that's a good one. Okay. Grimace is really fucked up if you think about it. Yo, Grimace, that weird purple man. Anyway. Anyway. So our last creature of the day mm-hmm. comes back from, from the creaturey part two. It's called the octopus, okay? Hang on, what? Yeah, it's an octopus. Like a like a UTP upon this plane octopus? I mean, it's an octopus. Though we have those in in our world. See, you may think that, but 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 just just let me. Is this the one thing you have not told me what this bit is? Is this the one thing that has survived? The rise and fall of civilization nine times over. Just just let me read, Griffin. Okay. Or so, is this a massive zag? So the picture of this octopus okay. is holding a spear. <laughs> okay. Is it is am I should I be picturing an actual octopus? It is an actual octopus. Like my Griffin's understanding of an octopus. Yes. Orange in okay. coloration. It's holding a spear. Bunch of tentacles. Big old brain blob on the back of its dome. <laughs> <laughs> if the sea oh if the seas have a ruler it is the octopus <laughs> what is happening their billion year empire spans the entirety of all seas yes. and their queen rules over all of it they are <laughs> however xenophobic and aloof preferring oh, no. to keep to themselves thus many people call them the quiet empire oh my sweet jesus octopuses it does say the plural of octopus can be octopuses octopi or octopodes octopodes or it might be octopods it's p-o-d-e-s so i i was assuming podes but Hmm. octopuses vary in size color and to some degree shape for the most part They all have eight extremely flexible limbs, a surprisingly malleable body, two sophisticated eyes, and a beak-like mouth. You know, an octopus. Two sophisticated eyes. They are. They can change their color and, to a large extent, their shape to appear as a rock, a fish, or some other creature. They perceive not just with their eyes, but in a limited way with all their skin. They think not only with the brain in their head, but also with the distributed neuro network that runs throughout their limbs. Oh, my God. Octopuses are extremely intelligent, often possessing mental powers a human would deem supernatural. <laughs> Thanks to their advancement in various sciences, they are also virtually immortal. Oh, my God. Yep. Very okay. good. All octopi can use camouflage to hide uh, uh, to help them hide. They can attack with their beak, but if they must fight, most use weapons such as short spears. Uh. All octopi can emit a cloud of ink in the water that blocks vision in the immediate area. Many octopuses carry physically charged objects called nil stones that let them extend their t- that uh, let them extend their telepathy into something that can affect the physical realm. Nils stone yeah. powers might include psychic- Psy- psychically charged objects, what not the- physically charged. Oh yeah, objects. you're right. Psychically, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, for sure. Psychically charged objects called nil stone. Uh, nil stone powers might include psychokinesis. Uh, use uh, uses their own strength, but at a long range. Force okay. blast. <laughs> Clairvoyance. Okay. And a kinetic shield. In addition, uh, octopi have specialized weaponry, often nilstone based that they can wield. All octopuses can communicate telepathically with each other, <laughs> and about one in five can communicate in a similar fashion with other creatures, although they rarely do so. Language does not seem to be a barrier in this form of communication, although sometimes octopi lie and pretend that it is, mostly when they <laughs> do not want communication to happen. Oh my god. The use says a lone octopus knows the secret of how to get it into an underwater installation, but getting uh, getting him to talk uh, to the pieces uh, at all is difficult enough, and getting him to give up the valuable information may require diplomacy, trade, a favor, or serious intimidation. Oh, it says that they uh, um, sometimes they carry something called an abadis, 
which is a pearlescent lozenge about the size of a nut, traded for value like shins. Huh. So, octopus currency. Octopus currency. <sighs> I gotta o- say. It's an octopus, Griffin. <laughs> I gotta say, the more I look at this picture, the more I realized how, if we didn't have an understanding of these things in our world... These things would be just alien monstrosities. Yo, they're so smart. Like, they're crazy. And I, it makes perfect sense to me that this would be the creature to survive a billion oh, years. Oh, billions of years? Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Yo, octopus now are crazy. <laughs> Imagine, like, millions of years of evolution and adaption. And, and society and, and so- technology. I mean, like octopi, like now, like uh, like there's stories of like a, a like a janitor at an aquarium, like would come in and like the octopus tank would be empty, like when he would start his shift, but then it would be back like by the by like the morning. Yeah, this octopus learned how to let itself out, would just kind of go pot around for a bit, and then would be back <laughs> before the aquarium opened, like. Octopus snuck out at night. It's the octopus sneaks out at night and I've, it does yeah, its thing, and then it comes like, back. Yeah. I've seen things where, like, you know, an octopus, like, ends up in, like, a fishing boat, and it ends up squelching its way through, you know, an inch-wide gap yeah, back in the deck. Yeah, they're crazy. It's so... The fact that it's just holding a little spear... It's, it's is holding a spear. <laughs> and they're fucking telekinetic and telepathic and... I love them. Can I? Can we go to the ocean and just be a part of this empire, please? Can we? I'll be a loyal I, subject, Octopi Queen. I would. Do uh, well. There, there's, there's xenophobic. Well, I mean, I, I don't know, know but like, welcome us. But we like, would have wh- to subjugate ourselves before the octopus. I mean, queen. whatever I gotta do to be a part of this society, it's clearly more advanced than our own. I don't know about that. I mean, in certain ways, maybe I would need a, I would need a cultural brochure on this, on the, the Quiet Empire. That's also a very like, good title. I gotta say that's that's really good. The quiet. Because yeah, I mean, if it's if it's Earth a billion years in the future, there's probably less land than there is now, and just more ocean. Yeah. So like, yep. And and I mean, there, and there's already a ridiculous amount of ocean in our timeline. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that these that the Quiet Empire doesn't already exist? Who's to say? Who's to say? We've barely we've barely explored the oceans as a, as a people. Yeah. Which, like, granted, is dumb, but like, who knows what's down there? I mean, there's a lot of ocean, my boy. I mean, that's fair. Like, like we know more about space than we know about our own oceans. That's kind of crazy. But then again, that's... also, we treat our oceans like shit. So it's like, hey, yeah. Hey, we got we, we got a little topical today. I for one welcome our new octopi overlords. I I'm I like I'm here for it. Like if they could come on land, do you think the octopi would have conquered the human people? By oh, now? most deaf. <laughs> they would have teamed so up. Wild. They and the squid would team up because that them them colossal squid man they get real big. Do you think they get along with the squid? I mean, it's possible. They're both cephalopods. Yeah, where where does the line of xenophobia where is that drawn? Man, no man. Do they like? Do they like just hate fish? I don't. I don't know. I, we would have to do some anthropo- uh, anthropological anth- anthro anthropological anthro. Yeah, the anthropological study. There we go. That's the word. Yes, I was right. What I'm I'm second guessing myself is the problem. You know, you were starting to say like, I don't know. I think I was going to say anthropomorphic, but that I think you, yeah, anthropomorphical. <laughs> I can call my sister. She's an anthro major. There you go. I didn't know this about like, your sister. Yeah, she double majored in anthropology and English because she's a nerd. A <laughs> fucking nerd. I can call her. I can call her right now. See if she can get her on the horn. Yeah. I mean, like we've only got about six more minutes left of this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, what it, would a phone call with Marley be? A good way to close uh, close it out. Maybe that can be maybe that can be a Patreon episode. Is us talking to Marley about? We'll the... get we'll get some various experts in. We'll we'll call my sister, get her take on some of these cultures, um, get some you know pros in. Sounds good. Sounds good. But man, 
fucking octopus. You, you, you thought it was just going to be a, a run-of-the-mill octopus. Well, I mean, I figured it wouldn't be just a run-of-the-mill octopus. It would be some strange mutation of an octopus, or it was the one thing that survived this long. And, hey, lo and behold... <laughs> it's the octopus. If the seas have a ruler, that it is me, the octopus. That sound was me triumphantly closing my tablet after a fantastic episode. I had a pretty fantastic episode. I'm pretty... Uh, you know what? I had a good time. Yeah. The Retalian was disturbing, but otherwise I'm fine. We had to have one stinker in the match. Oh, we did. And, and that was it. But I hope you, the listener, had fun too. Loyal, loyal shoppers... Loyal customers. Haven't landed on... Shoppers, I think, makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. Hi, shoppers. Att- attention, shoppers. <laughs> attention, shoppers. We are having a sale on crayfish in the deli. <laughs> crayfish in the deli. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, girl. And then it, and then I'm gonna have some. Off. I'm gonna have some fun with uh, with the post effects. Good. of uh, doing those voices. I'm very pumped. Um, but I think that's gonna do it for us today, folks. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining in. Uh, if you want to take a look at some of these things yourself, we were using the Ninth World Bestiary and uh, Bestiary Two from Monty Cook. Monty Games. Cook. Um, if you want more of that big Numenera energy uh we always highlight our pod our the other podcasts on the network in our kind of closing segment but uh you will use this time to highlight uh imprinted echoes which is ghostlight media's family-friendly actual play Numenera podcast uh faithful listeners of the show will remember uh our guest zan who runs that uh, particular show, and will remember Rin, who is a cast member on that show, uh, as well as Mr. Greenlee and our friend Bridget. Yeah. Um, but other than that, we should be good to go. As per usual, check out the rest of the shows on the Ghostlight Media Network. Hit us up at PitchUpCast on Twitter if you have any uh, questions about specific creatures, interested in hearing about anything for you and your family. Maybe you and your partner just bought a nice two-bedroom house. And once... Two-bed, one-bath. One-and-a-half bath. One-and-a-half bath, bath, probably. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to go with a two-bedroom, at least make sure you're getting a a one-and-a-half bath out of it. Yeah, the half-bath really... You really get your your money's worth. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, hit us up. We have been been known to dedicate entire episodes to to people (laughs) writing into the show, so... Who knows? It's, it's um, a good time for us and you. For us and you. Um, but uh, other than that, of course, uh, if you like our show and the rest of the shows on the network, uh, as Griffin said earlier, uh, consider uh, maybe uh, donating to our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash media. Um, yeah. where you can helps get... us make new shows. You get bonus content. You get to chat with us and all the other creators from Ghostlight on a private Discord server. And yeah, it's it's you know. Even one or two bucks goes a long way for us. It, it every we love all of our patrons, and it's great to get it, getting to know some of you folks on the Discord. Uh, yeah, y'all are rad. Y'all are rad. Y'all are empirically rad. Rad. All right. With that, thank you all for listening once again. I have been Griffin. I have been Zach. And just remember, everybody, at the end of the day, why? It's all about love, baby. Come back all about love. It's all about love, baby. Lost off the planet love. Thank you all for listening to episode 54 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and the phenomenal people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Carlin, Joel, and Brayden for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki 
MikeyDoesPuzzles or at Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, y'all should really take a little day trip to outer space sometime. It's lovely out here. No cell phones, no people, no anything. Really very minimalistic, very relaxing. Okay, bye. This has been a Ghost Light Media Production.